Welcome to the Change Group Podcast, where we strive to have conversations each month that will help you as a leader to move your church forward toward healthy, lasting change. Hey, welcome to the Change Group Podcast. We're so excited you joined us today. We strive to have conversations every month that help you as a leader move your church forward toward healthy, lasting change. Uh, Like I said, I'm so glad you're joining us. If you're a leader listening today, uh, we know that driving change is one of the hardest things, but also one of the most valuable things for an organization. And so we're so glad that you tuned in. Uh, One of the major parts of the change group are cohorts. And so uh, these are groups that meet together on a monthly basis to grow and to learn together. And today, uh, my amazing cohort is here helping me with this podcast. Uh, We meet on a monthly basis. We read a book together. We process content. Maybe even more importantly, we encourage, we pray for one another. We get just updates on uh, what God is doing in our various ministries. And so um, I want them to introduce themselves briefly and tell you what their role is uh, and maybe something interesting about themselves. Awesome. Yeah. Hi, uh, my name is Caleb Schreiber. I'm the youth pastor at uh, East Erie Assembly of God, and uh, I'm, I've am i been in ministry uh, ever since I was able to. Just uh, I've always had a passion towards working in the church and um, really felt a calling actually during one of a, a, a youth convention and uh, felt a real pull towards full-time ministry and just the process that God has been working in my life ever since has been amazing. Just changing my life from the outside in, really, uh, the, from my surroundings and my perspective and how I looked at things to uh, now how I can influence my church in the aspect that I'm at. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not a full-time pastor. Um, I'm currently in school, but uh, and not really making decisions other, other than the youth ministry, but uh, seeing what God is able to do during that time without... Uh, with just with with progressing me into wherever he calls me is uh, just been amazing to see what the Holy Spirit's been doing. So um, that's where I'm at. Awesome. And my name's Don Sitter. I am a chaplain at Pine Between State Park. I've been there for four years. Um, about 2014, I started studying uh, the Bible more depthly and leading into uh, becoming credentialed to the Assemblies of God and just leading down a path and... Uh, one day that I heard a campground didn't have a chaplain, and it tried, and things fell through, and only because someone uh, went to be with the Lord. Uh, months later, I got a phone call at the last minute, said, are you still interested? I was, and I jumped on board. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a great ministry for myself and my family. Um, we have eight kids. So we're definitely able to bring a mix and bring them into the ministry with ourselves and my wife, Heather. That's awesome. Uh, And I just realized that I didn't even get to introduce myself, so let me backtrack on that. Um, My name is Nicole Schreiber, and actually Caleb and I are not related. We ironically have the same last name, but just for people who are listening, uh, at least we don't know we're related. But uh, And I am the lead pastor at Erie First Assembly, which is in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I've been at it uh, just over four years as well. And um, the story of how God got me there is all kinds of twists, turns, and surprises, but he's been so faithful um, as I've you know, just giving him my life, kind of like you're saying, Caleb just said, God, here it is. Like you have my yes. And um, it's been fascinating to kind of see how God walked Mm. uh, me through that. Uh, So even though we all serve in very different capacities, so Caleb, you're a youth pastor. 
uh, currently also bivocational. Uh, Don, you're bivocational and also a chaplain. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm um, lead pastor at a church. We have a lot in common, what we find, uh, mm-hmm. because we're all doing kingdom work. Yeah. <laughs> and really kingdom work uh, has a lot of the principles all the same, whether mm-hmm. you are. So if you're listening today and you're like thinking, oh, okay, I, this is how my situation works and it's very unique or different. I almost feel like we're all in a unique, <laughs> is that interesting? Yeah. Like we're all in a very unique situation. Mm-hmm. And I love that because we find that our conversations that we have um, are really centered around these principles that help us no matter mm. what context, you know, we're doing. Um, so uh, one question I had for you guys is what are some key benefits you see uh, from being part of this group? We mm. call it the change group cohort. Uh, what are some of the key benefits that you see as we meet together every month? I'd say the first thing that I, I love and appreciate about our meetings and just the community is the fact that like what you were saying, like we are in very unique situations. And sometimes whenever you're just in your unique situation by yourself, like you forget, uh, you forget the unity that you have with other people. So I love that I can come with my unique perspective, but feel unity in that. Um, And then also it it pushes my boundaries a lot. I mean, we um, as pastors, like come from different angles with things and are able to challenge and to, uh, to push thoughts and uh, really encourage each other to to either go on ideas. Like sometimes I think we get uh, uh, visions for things with no kind of affirmation to push forward, sure. especially if it's a God thing. Like uh, a lot of that's to you and it's hard for others to believe. But since we all have been through that, we understand what it's like to uh, get a vision or a calling and we are able to encourage each other, pray for each other, push each other forward through the materials that we're working through, through uh, just the conversations that we have. Um, but the collective has really pushed me forward in my ministry, e- even at a young I'm 23. So, it, I mean, it, uh, it's, it's not a typical thing that a 23-year-old can talk to other 23-year-olds about. So, sure, yeah, that's so awesome. it's great to, to have it for that reason. Very cool. Mm. Yeah, definitely the diversity of the group is very um, uplifting. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter where you are in ministry, there's going to be some type of struggle. And to have a group where you can talk through issues or uh, need that uplifting in times that you're down or just struggling with the ministry um, and knowing that there's always a light at the end of the t- tunnel and there's help out there and there's people you can ask when you don't know the answers or when you're not sure of the answer and, and walk through it and make sure it's, you know, God's will, not um, your own will, and just to keep you on the straight path. That's so good. I think someone said once, uh, isolation is such a tool of the enemy, right? Mm -hmm. If you can get you convinced you're alone in this, or no one's ever experienced this before, or you're never going to make it out, uh, then that defeat and discouragement can come in. So I I agree with you, Don. I love that when we get together, we're like... (laughs) How's it going? And sometimes we're like, bad. <laughs> you know, like this is this has been a tough season. Or sometimes we're like, great, you know, this is happening. But at least we're in it together. And I think that that's really just super encouraging that there's someone else mm. in the city, you know, that that is able to kind of talk that through. Um, as we're just talking through, uh, the change group is really focused on. It's interesting because we we talk about if you're revitalizing or if you are needing change in your ministry that this is the place you know to come and be part of, but I would really venture to say that aren't we all in that mm-hmm. stage? I I don't know if there's ever going to be a time uh, where we are. <laughs> at least I will never be just content. You know what I mean? Like with everything. Oh, mm-hmm. everything's just fine. Uh, so in some ways, it's like 
um, maybe we'll always need, you know, these conversations and these things. So even if you're, if you're listening to it and you're like, yeah, I'm not really in a revitalized situation. Uh, I don't think that doesn't mean this wouldn't help, you no, know, being part absolutely. of a cohort would help you. So, but as we've been talking about fostering change, uh, which is so important, um, maybe would, you know, one of you share what has been one of the biggest challenges that you have faced in fostering change, mm. <laughs> like as a leader, what is, if you can think of an example or something that has really been difficult for mm. you. Just the whole dynamic of of getting together and talking through these things and working through them. Um, I think one of the biggest impacts in our church stemmed from uh, I started a group because we weren't meeting hardly enough in, in our church. Uh, we come from a smaller church, uh, congregation of about like 50, 60, 70 on our good days. And in, in, in change really needed addressed. There was things that had needed to happen, but nobody to sit down and to talk about it and to, to work out how we were going to progress. And, uh, so I just reached out and I was like, Hey guys, can we like the board, some members of the board, mm-hmm. my, the lead pastor, my grandfather, like, let's, let's talk about stuff. So now every, the second Tuesday of every month we meet Wow. And it was inspired because I was like, I was around other pastors who really inspired this change in me. Mm-hmm. So why not as a, as a, our church, w- why aren't we seeing that as well? And now ever since then, we've been doing that for the past year and we've seen so much change and progression as far as things wow. that have needed in the church to be changed as far as culture goes, as far as, um, just odds and ends here and there, they can be addressed a lot quicker because we're meeting a whole lot sooner. Yeah, You're actually having the conversation. I yes. think like that it's those conversations can offend people. They can be frustrating. They're hard. And so sometimes we just opt out of that conversation. Mm. You're like, let's not talk about Mm -hmm. the things that need change. And so the fact that you're just having the courage to say, okay, we're going to talk about it. Like I'm sure every one of those meetings is maybe not sushi and sunsets. You know what I mean? But at least you're talking about it, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's really, really good. I like that a lot. I think for me, um, you know, some of the biggest things I had to change when I first got into this role was, just the old thinking, you know mm. what I mean? And, and that's something we're always going to battle because as time goes on, all thinking gets old. You know what I mean? So it's not, mm. I'm not saying any certain generation is wrong or right. It's just, you always have to be, um, you know, adapting to what God's doing. And so, uh, there are times where I challenge like, okay, uh, this is, I know this is how we always did it. You know, this is how we always did it, but this is the new direction. Mm. I feel like God's telling us to go. And that has been some of my most challenging conversations wow. because, um, people, it's hard for them to get onto that. You know what I mean? And then, you know, of course you're starting this new thing and thinking, please don't fail. Please don't fail. Please don't, you know, because it's going to make me look like, but, and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't, but taking the risk, I think I always, um, one of the things I always want to encourage leaders is take the risks. Mm. Like they won't, not every time will you win and it'll be amazing. But if you don't take the risks, then you can't ever mm. win. You know what I mean? You can't ever make that change or that shift. Um, so yeah, Don, what do you think? What has maybe been one of the challenges as you've sort of dealt with change or? Well, change well, for a lot of people, it's never fun. Yeah. Um, okay. People like the way things are, they know what to expect, but you know, going on with Caleb here, the communication part, yeah. you know, and, and it's not that everybody's going to agree, but you got to have unity among the believers that you're, that you're together with and the authenticity between them. Um, when everybody's on the same page, even if they have different ideas, at least they know where each other's coming from. Like the three of us are different, but we know where, where each other's coming from, that we work together and embrace those differences. Yeah. And you right. said, you never know what's going to come out of it. A, an idea could come out and it could blossom or it could fizzle. Mm. But if you don't try, you know, 
that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Spread the gospel. So you got to try. That's really good. What do you think, uh, Caleb, as you work with youth? So you, you're kind of influencing from um, almost like the inside out, you yeah. know, if you will. Like it, you're meeting with top leaders in your church, of course, but you also have like the youth. Uh, why, like, why would you say it's really important for an organization to make sure that the youth are also, you know, like that generation is also mm. catching the vision and moving it forward? Absolutely. Um, I think proximity to proximity gives perspective. Mm. So the, the closer proximity you have to the culture that you're with, the more perspective you're going to have on how it works. And like, I think with a lot of churches, it's really lo- easy to lose sight with just, just how the inner workings, just to forget that, that you need a fresh view and yeah. presentation of, of what the people are actually going through. And I think, I think the youth are a perfect example of the heartbeat of, of what's happening like in the world around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this isn't like an ageist thing, but like, I think as you grow in years, you, 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 you develop a way to not let the, the world around you to affect you as much mm-hmm. where the young kids are very, uh, they, they're, they're feeling everything a little bit more just yeah. because they haven't developed that, that skin, that wall, that filter sure. quite yet. So they're the most raw sense of what we're feeling. So being in close proximity with the kids and letting them have a voice, whether that's through me or through one of the, the student leadership people in, in the group, letting those people have a voice allows us to really get a, a truer perspective, I think, on, on what we're really feeling yeah. and the ways that we can address those things. That's good. Well, and ultimately, um, that's the direction the church is going mm. just because of the like life, you know what yeah. I mean? So the generations are going to, you know, age and then die. And then, so if we don't listen to what, um, this generation is saying, ultimately we're going to have a whole bunch of churches with, uh, you know, everybody over 50, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, then, and missing an entire generation, mm-hmm. uh, not to say that we should do everything they say or, or, or if, Absolutely. if youth like, um, they, they don't always have that, um, understanding of what to do, but to completely, eliminate their voice is so dangerous, you know, for the big C church, right? Mm -hmm. For our church as a large. And I think that's so important um, just to remember. So, um, well, I know, Don, another thing you didn't quite mention yet, but you're in your heart some days to plant Mm -hmm. uh, as well. And I know God's kind of lined up the pieces for you. Uh, When you do, what are some key indicators would you say is a healthy church? Like, what are we all working toward, (laughs) you know, here (laughs) at the end of the day? Uh, maybe just like one or two things that you hope to see someday, you know, Mm -hmm. when God kind of brings that whole dream into fruition. The, uh, definitely the process because Mm -hmm. there's, there's churches everywhere. We all have our own processes, but the basic of them, the basic things that we go through, um, you know, a healthy church would have a healthy outreach. Yeah. Because if you don't reach, have a healthy outreach, you're not going to go and connect with the people. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you got to evangelize because if you don't evangelize the people that you connect with, the church isn't going to grow. Mm. And then you disciple them and then you, they, they'd serve at your church. Yeah. But all this stuff is a process. Yeah. So if we don't continue the process like the youth and, and bring them up, it's, it's the same thing. They, they teach and then they go back out and then they're doing the outreach. And when that process breaks... Now the church isn't growing, or you're yeah. not reaching the youth, or you're not reaching the the you know the 23 year olds that are out there that are not going to church yeah. because it, it's very easily for someone to go out of school and move out and right. just not go to church anymore, and keep that process going to build the church. That's really good. Um, and not have you know 
again, diversify, you know, not everybody has to be involved in everything, but you know, you need to be aware of everything. Yeah, that's right. You, you need a lot of leaders with few people. So you don't have one leader with a lot of people. Yeah. And you get to reach a lot more people out there. I really love what you said too about the process. I think, um, God is so much more concerned with how we get somewhere than where we're going. That's right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the results I think are, we think, okay, this is what we need to shoot for, but really how we get there and how mm-hmm. we treat people along yep. the way and how we uh, bring them teach. And, you mm-hmm. know, even though maybe it take maybe we'll get there slower, but more people will be equipped and discipled. Mm-hmm. I just think God really cares about the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really awesome that you brought that up. Uh, Caleb, what about you? If, if I said, describe to me a healthy church, what are some key indicators of that? I think it would be one of the things we're talking constant communication and being in touch with everybody like uh several several books that we have read already have brought up the same the same thing which is a good indicator that the church is going through the same and and trying to feel out the same thing is that each each individual person needs to be built up so it's people where you look at them one week and then you come to them a month later and they're different yeah. For one way or another, that you see a steady change Life in change. in in the lives of the people in that church, and I mean, I think that's our main mission as a church is to see lives changed right. and and to bring them through a progression that is Christianity and that walk. And if if the people are not, I don't I don't see that as a healthy church. And those natural progressions lead to I mean everything that you're talking about. You're 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 seeing outreach ministry. You're seeing uh, you're seeing discipleship through other people. It all stems from that that study progression of each member in the congregation. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of things we falsely put on as healthy things for church, right? Mm. How many people are in the seat? Like how mm. much, you know, like how much, what's your budget? You know, like those things. And, and those aren't bad indicators. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, you know, every life matters mm. and all the things. But I think sometimes we just forget um, that actually a healthy church is not like a small church can be a healthy church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, and sometimes a small church can be healthier than a big one. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like depending on, uh, really the, the vibe of those things. But I think culturally, like having this healthy culture, I think one of the things I would add, um, is I think a healthy church, uh, works through, um, offenses. Mm-hmm. I think a healthy church has a group of people who will say, um, hey, we're all imperfect, so we're <laughs> somewhere along the line we're going to get offended <laughs> by each other or by the pastor or by whoever. But instead of cutting and running and finding the other church across town or whatever, mm-hmm. we're going to walk through this offense the best way we can. Yeah. Uh, what the scripture says, as far as it depends on you, be at mm-hmm. peace with people, do the best you can, and then uh, walk through that so that we're not taking that same sort of like hurt or baggage yeah. to each different churches in a city. Mm-hmm. And I think what I love about the unity we have as a cohort is um, once once the pastors are connected, that can happen so so much less, even yes. because then the mm-hmm. pastors have unity. And then we're saying to the people, okay, wait, go figure out your offense first. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. don't like, like, let's not, it's not territorial or competitive mm-hmm. in any way. And I think that really shows not just a healthy church, but a healthy community, yeah. a healthy community of churches, healthy unity. That's probably mm-hmm. why Jesus said to be unified with other pastors, mm-hmm. which is what this is really living out. Um, so I really love that. But I think that's a good indicator of, um, you know, of health is when, now I believe there are times when God 
leads people to go to different places to worship. I think like mm-hmm. there's there's very legitimate times of that. Uh, and when that happens, I think that there's blessing and you know, God definitely does that. But whatever percentage of the time you see people running from what God's trying to do in their life. You know what I mean? And all of us are like, hey, now wait a minute. (laughs) You know, like you Mm got to figure this out. Um, So that's just one indicator, I think, of a healthy church Mm. to foster that. Mm. So anything else you guys can think of that you would say? Yeah, a huge huge thing that I've, like, I always used to get discouraged whenever I saw change because I used to feel like, um, like God has a plan and God has given me a, a vision, whatever area of my life, whether it's my marriage, my family, or my ministry. And whenever I see, whenever I see change, that means it's either that it's a, a different direction that I'm going, but everything that we've talked about and any, all the material that we've gone through so far has really brought to light the fact that like, just because the, just because of the way just because the means to the end change doesn't mean that the end is changing at all. Hmm. That God has the same plan and uh, the same vision over uh, over each one of our lives, um, but how we get there evolves over the course of, of however long it takes to get there. And it's no longer discouraging to me anymore hmm. because uh, I fully trust that whenever something is changing, it's because that's, that's the next step to the next step to where God is leading me. Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Um thoughts on that for sure. Um, so if a leader is listening today, okay, and they're kind of tuning into our conversation and maybe they're struggling, they aren't sure what to do next. Maybe they're in a spot, maybe they're a youth pastor or a chaplain or a lead pastor or any variety of other things. Um, and you had the opportunity to just give advice to them, Mm. Caleb or Don, what would you say? What advice would you give to maybe a leader right now that's listening and discouraged or struggling? Definitely. Um, you know, the the one saying that comes to mind was, you know, a healthy pastor is a healthy church. Mm. And sometimes when people are struggling, you know, it's not that they're not healthy, but they're just not focused. Mm. And, okay. and sometimes they just need to take a step back. And it's okay to take a break for a minute to step back and go and, and reevaluate where you are and what's going on. Because you want to have that clear cut. You want to know what you're, what you're seeing. And you want to see it through a godly view and not just a worldly view. Mm. And it's very so very easy nowadays to get distracted by worldly perspectives um just being bombarded with everything mm-hmm. and when you have a clear perspective or you get in a group that has you know you know reach out to somebody that you can trust to say hey you know hey can why don't you just have, you know can we get together have coffee just to talk through the process yeah mm-hmm. that's good uh for me it, it'd just be that you are definitely not the only one in your congregation who feels the same way that you do whatever capacity that you are in leadership and in the church there's somebody who feels the same way. I don't like I I I come from a small church, so I used to think that that was the case. Like I'm the only one having these ideas. I'm the only one who thinks that this is a shift that needs to happen. But until it was vocalized, until I sat down and had the conversation with somebody, with anybody, I, I would have never known. So so having having simple conversation, just unity with your brothers and sisters, and and just talking with them is going to is going to allow you to feel less alone. Yeah. And and the burdens that you feel on your heart. And and oftentimes God lays the burdens on our hearts so that we can go to each other to work through those mm-hmm. things as well. And 
that's what I said. You're not alone. If, if God has given you a burden or you have ideas or thoughts about how things are going in your church or in the life around you or in the culture of just wherever you're at, that going to your brothers and sisters, your pastor, the other leadership that you're serving alongside, I promise you they're either going to, they're either going to either feel the same way or understand where you're coming from and try to work into a better decision. That's so good. And I think a shameless plug here, uh, <laughs> If you're feeling discouraged or struggling, um, I want to encourage you, and I think these guys would too, to look into joining a change group cohort. If you are already in, you know, in it, even if you're um, feeling like you're in a place where there isn't other pastors in your city or um, in your, you know, in your context that you think you can relate to, uh, that's what the change group is for: mm-hmm. is to connect people who are. Uh, navigating change and who are helping, um, you know, get get ministries off the ground so you won't regret it. Uh, it's life-giving. It's supportive. It's so helpful for leaders. It's just such a safe place, you know, to um, sit and talk about things that are frustrating, things that are exciting. You know, we really celebrate together. We get excited about each other's ministries. We, you know, walk each other through those things. So um, if you're interested in that, visit the website to get all the details and information at www.thechangegroup.org. We would just love to connect you with some people, whether it's online, via Zoom, or in your area, um, just to people, other people who can, you know, carry your burdens. I love Mm -hmm. what you said, Caleb. Sometimes God gives it to us so we can help each other carry it. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We are just really looking forward to all the things we know that God's going to do through these uh, conversations and through this ministry of the Change Group. So next month, we'll be back with another really viable conversation, and we hope that you join in. Thanks for joining us for this month's podcast. If you'd like more resources or to learn more about The Change Group, you can visit us at thechangegroup.org. Next month, we'll be back with another valuable conversation, and we hope you can join us.